This is Tennessee Talks with United States Congressman Tim Burchett. Hello, I'm Congressman Tim Burchett, Tennessee 2nd Congressional District, and welcome back to another episode of Tennessee Talks. Today I'm joined by Representative Andy Harris, who represents the 1st District of Maryland as co-chair of the GOP Doctors Caucus. Do I call you Doc or just Andy or Congressman? Either one works. Omnipotent ruler? I'm not sure. But Andy's the son of immigrants who fled uh, communist Eastern Europe after World War II. Both my, well, my dad fought in the Second World War. Mama flew an airplane. And, um, and so I, I, I dig that. I dig mm. that, you know, here we are together in different backgrounds, but, but our, our folks. That's what makes a, America great. Folks had a love of freedom, so that's cool. Um, he studied medicine at John Hopkins uh, Hospital and then helped fill a critical need for anesthesiologists in the Naval Reserve under the Reagan administration, which is very cool. Yeah. Couldn't get in UT Memphis Med School? Eh. All right. All right. <laughs> he later established and commanded the John Hopkins Medical Naval Reserve Unit, which was called Active Duty, to help with Operation Desert Storm and Shield. And at, at, at Bethesda, I got that right, yep. Bethesda uh, Naval Hospital. Of course, after that, he served in the Maryland State Senate, which I served in the Tennessee Senate for he served for 12 years, is that 12 right? Years. Okay, yep. I was in the state senate for 12 years myself. So before coming to Congress in 2010, Andy, I want to thank you so much for joining me today. Um, we'll get right into the questions because I know your schedule is busy. Um, what are the greatest issues that you think in healthcare insurance industry right now? Right now, it's got to be controlling the cost of health insurance. You know, unless you're receiving a government subsidy, right. uh, health insurance is or you know, it's costing either you or your employer a lot of money. Yep. And we have to look for ways to save money in the, in the health industry. Uh, I think the easiest way is through competition. Uh, it works in every, other, in every other part of our economy, Glad but in healthcare, that, we, we don't have it. Uh, you know, Mr. Trump, to his credit, uh, started it by saying, look, you, transparency, price transparency. Hospitals actually have to put on a website what they charge for something. What a novel idea. Someone has to, actually has to put a price on a shelf. You buy a car. Every little thing, air conditioning, yep. brakes. And there's yeah. an actual number next to it. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. and, and, you know that, that's, that's, the, that's the price. Uh, so if we went and did that in healthcare, I think we could bring down the cost. Yeah, I always tell people, if you think healthcare is expensive now, wait till it's free. Yep. And then they'll hide everything and you'll get, you're, you're still gonna pay for it just somewhere else. Uh, what are some of the obstacles that are preventing uh, folks from getting affordable care they want from their preferred doctors? Well, the biggest thing is that the insurance companies, in order to save money, what they do is they right. limit the number of doctors who you can see on their plan. And they'll go and pretty aggressively negotiate with, uh, with uh, doctors. I think, I think that's, they're going to be less able to do it now that we, we're having a physician shortage in the country, no question about it. Look, I just turned 65. You know, as people enter Medicare, they require more medical uh, care. The number of doctors is not increasing that fast, but right now, uh, it's the insurance companies being able to limit the what they call their panels, the right. people who are, who are on their plans. Uh, so I urge everyone, especially if you have a, you know, an ongoing health problem, just make sure that the doctors you want to see are covered under your, under your health plan. Yeah, I get those calls a lot where they're, they get through something, they go, hey, we're yep. not covered, what do you want us to do? And I say, well, it's too late now, you've yep. got to do it 
front end. Well, how's the, the, the GOP doctors caucus? How are y'all addressing some of these problems in the healthcare industry? I know we're in the minority, so it's yeah. kind of, everybody says, well, you need to work with the other side. I said, no, I don't. They've yeah. got all, they hold all the cards. Yeah. They're not wanting to work with us. No, what we're doing is we're getting ready for next year. Uh, we do believe that we're going to be in the majority next year. So we've spent, uh, we're, we're one of the only caucuses in Congress that meets every single week when we're in town. Uh, and you, like, like me, you probably belong to a lot of caucuses. They're paper caucuses. Yeah, my name's on here. We never even yeah. meet in person. We do meet. Uh, for instance, last week we met and we, we had, uh, we got uh, uh, a briefing on monkeypox from the CDC and from the, uh, from BARDA. From, and these are the two organizations in the U.S. government that are, that are really at the forefront of dealing with what we hope is not the next pandemic, but uh, certainly has potential to be that. So by being, by learning, by being knowledgeable, and then going to our colleagues if they have questions, you know, they, you know, look, if I, if someone has a question uh, uh, about a healthcare issue, a lot of my, a lot of our colleagues here will go to one member of the doctor and say, hey, what's the deal here? We want to be the best informed people in, in Congress because we know that, and you know this if you've been in the state legislature too, a lot of health policy is made by people who have no idea. No clue. No clue. No idea. And that's a dangerous proposition. That's, what, that's, that's why right. I like a citizen's legislature, um, going off script a little bit, but you know, you, you have a deal, issue dealing with agriculture. Heck, let's bring in the farmers. You Absolutely. know, uh, you, know you got to deal with health care. Um, you yep. bring in, because I guarantee the lawyers, the trial lawyers specifically, they're going to have plenty of representation at the table. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, yep. and we, uh, I'm sure you and I both had battles. I, know, um, I have, I know, yep. and I'm sure you have too. Um, well, last year you spoke out against President Biden halting a Trump-era order. Um, of course, it was aimed at lowering insulin and, and EpiPen prices. And that's something that I, I get a lot of calls on. I got out early on that and I called on them um, in the Trump administration and they, and they started to address it. And I, uh, could you talk about that uh, rule and how that it actually saved patients money? Because there was a lot of misconception. The left, you know, and people always say, well, why aren't you getting your point out? Well, there's nobody to do it. And, and, and so, you know, all of a sudden we're against uh, people, some of these poor diabetics and their, and their insulin prices. In reality, no, we were, we were solving it and then it was just being reversed by the Biden yeah. administration. And you articulated that very well. Um, if you could brief sure. a little bit on that. So, you know, it, it comes to the first thing we talked about <coughs> is price transparency. There's no price transparency in, in pharmaceuticals. None. You know, you get that prescription from your doctor. You could go to the pharmacy and, you know, you could hold, uh, for instance, you could go to one of those websites where, where you get the discount numbers and yep. it'll be a different price at every different pharmacy. Sometimes on, on a different day, it'll be a different price at a pharmacy. So the, the, the list prices of these drugs is inflated because it's always discounted from that. So, and the discounts can be huge and the discounts yep. are absorbed by the middlemen called the pharmacy benefits managers, okay? Now, what they do is they kind of split that with the insurance company, but in the end, the patient's left holding the bag. Those savings are not passed through to the patient. That's not the way it ought to be. Another you level, to, it just seems yeah. like a useless bureaucracy that's right there in the yep. middle. And soaking up a lot of the money. So, you know, it, uh, the reason why it was controversial when Mr. Trump did it is because it made total sense but on paper, because the part of that money was going back to the insurance companies and the United States government uh, pays for a lot of insurance to its federal employees, for instance, and things like that uh, on Ob the Obamacare plans, the federal government would actually lose money because it would lose that money. Yeah, but the patients make the, the patients get that. Actually, the, the insulin-dependent diabetic is the one who gets that money. Isn't right. that appropriate? So look, I was 100% behind that. 
you know, pass these savings on to, on to the patients, you know, uh, you know, there but for the grace of God go I, you know, somebody has diabetes uh, it's, yep. and requires insulin, uh, you know, they shouldn't be paying hundreds of dollars a month for that. You briefly touched on it, but the artificial price caps on prescription drugs, um, I know we have some alternatives uh, that could actually help lower costs. Um, and I'm wondering if you could expound on that just a little bit. Sure. So what we have to decide as a society is, first of all, is it worth it to have the newest generation of drugs? Do they add something? And if the answer is, yeah, you know, if we want to, solve, if we want to cure some kinds of cancer, right. we will need a new generation of drugs. These, as we go to personal medicine, and, and you and I both know every single human being is different, their response to a disease is different, it doesn't take rocket scientists to think, oh, they, the therapy for that disease may be different, slightly different for every different person. Well, when you talk about that, you talk about a much greater way to uh, uh, cure people, but it's also more expensive. Because instead of a drug that, that uh, you know, works all right in a million people, you'll get a drug that works really well for you. I think that's worthwhile. And <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, again, you know, I tell people, we're the richest country in the world. What else right. are we going to spend our money on? We have to be careful when we go into these price control schemes that we're not impeding the ability to, to develop these new drugs and make them <coughs> available. Because in the end, you've got your life and your health. That's, that's it. And they should be priceless. These schemes, you know, I was in the legislature with a guy and he said if it, if it takes longer than five minutes to explain it, 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 you might have some problems with yeah. it. And, and literally these things are, are so, they make them so complicated to the average citizen. I mean, you're in medicine, of course, you understand it. And I've touched on the periphery, but it's, um, it's very complicated for the average American mm -hmm. citizen. And I think it's intentionally done that way to, to further confuse them. And then just, they just write the check and don't know that they think they're getting some savings because the liberal media will say that, but in reality, they're paying for it on the back end somewhere else, and it's 100%. Yeah. And you you don't get you don't get something for nothing. Yeah, if you want the research; it has to be paid for. We have to make a decision as a society: is it worth it? I think it is. Yeah, my old econ, so my old econ professor had a saying called "tan snaffle." There ain't no such thing as a free lunch. Yep. And this is this is it. Yep. Um, federal insurance uh, in the free market, health insurance. Um, I just um, the federal government clearly needs to get out of the way and, and allow the free market. It, would you agree with that? Yeah. So, so you know, the, uh, the one-size-fits-all plan, that's what the federal government wants. Is that they want to sell you, look, <clears throat> you're a man. Honestly, there are some things that you don't need to be insured for. Absolutely. And there are some things that women don't need to be insured for. They don't need to be insured against, you know, prostate, prostate cancer. Prostate cancer, okay? sure. Yeah. Uh, that's the fact. So just like when you buy your car insurance, you pick and choose what you what you what you need, what you and your family need. You're a healthy young person. You might say, you know what? I don't need a, a, a soup to nuts uh, health plan that costs me, that's going to cost me, you know, $10,000 a year. I want a major medical plan. I only want a catastrophic coverage plan. I'll pay the doctor's visits, you know, the, the lower price doctor's visits. Well, the federal government doesn't allow you to do that. Right. Which is crazy because, <laughs> because in, in, as a lot of people know, that, the, that, that when you go to see a doctor, a lot of times the person who pays the highest price is the person who pays cash that day. That the insurance companies get better deals, the federal government gets better deals, everybody gets better deals except the person who actually pays. That system is completely upside down. Yeah. You know, it should be the system where the person who comes in uh, paying those, the, the, you know, what I call the oil change costs, you know, you're paying for, for, for your vaccination, okay, it should be $20. You know, the insurance companies, you know, you know might, Again, the insurance company might pay $20, but if you go and pay, sometimes it's $45, $50, $60.
it makes no sense whatsoever. So we have to go back to where you just buy the product you need and then again, you're young and healthy, you buy catastrophic coverage, but, but the oil changes you're paying for yourself. Yes, sir. Well, that makes, that, as we used to say, um, you've got no place in government, you're making way too much sense. Because you know? <laughs> <laughs> that defeats the whole purpose of all of it. Right. Well, we'll close this up. Andy, I want to thank you for joining me, but I always al allow folks to um, ask me a question if you have anything. And this, you know, it's all, as I like to say, it's, always, it's all fair. You can, it, you can get it off the internet. You can ask me anything. So ask it, you anything at all, huh? Anything, and I'll, and I'll defer to you probably if it's too complicated. Uh, who's going to win the Super Bowl this year? <laughs> Next question. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I've been boycotting pro sports for quite some time. Um, I remember about five years ago I boycotted and I, I bought a Triumph motorcycle. I went all the way out to the woods somewhere and the cell phone service wouldn't even work, but it was I didn't miss anything. I can't tell you even played in the Super Bowl. I just, we haven't, we haven't, we're not much better than the Romans at this point, I'm afraid. <laughs> uh, anyway, hey, thank you, Doc. Okay. I appreciate you for, for joining me today. And you and the folks at the GOP Doctors Caucus, uh, you've got real world experience dealing with these things. And I'm looking forward to you all at the table. You know, they always say you're either at the table or you're on you're the, the menu. menu. And, and right. we're and currently we're on the menu. We are. And, and, and are. Uh, the sick people, and uh, you know we, that's what we deal primarily in my office with is constituent service, mm -hmm. and that's and that, that's at the top, whether it's with our uh, with 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 our veterans or just. Yeah, I was just going to say next time we got to talk about the VA oh, health system. That'll be a, <laughs> that'll be a three part that's series. What, that's what government run healthcare looks. That like. That is exactly what it yeah. looks like. It's a van ride to yep. Johnson City. And uh, you go there and they can't get their appointments. And then when they do get their appointments, it's, we have trouble with misdiagnosis and then the suicides and then people calling a suicide hotline and they get put on hold. I mean, that's yeah. just unacceptable, unacceptable. Well, I want to thank you again, Andy, um, for being with us. And um, I look forward to you helping straighten out this system. I know it'll take us a little longer. We're going to try. We're going to get there, brother. Yeah. I'm, I'm full faith in you. And I'm Congressman Tim Burchett, and I want to thank everybody again for joining us for this episode of Tennessee Talks, and thank you all for sending me here. Thanks for listening to this episode of Tennessee Talks. Please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Keep up with Congressman Burchett by following Rep. Tim Burchett on Twitter and Instagram, and Congressman Tim Burchett on Facebook and YouTube.